0: Hello and welcome inside episode 17 of the Scully Scoop podcast. I'm your host, Adam Scully. Super exciting time in the sports world right now. The PGA Tour has been back for four weeks. NHL, MLB, NBA, NFL, all just around the corner. A very exciting time to be a sports fan and viewer and someone who works in the industry right now. And that's where we're going with our guest on this week's show. As many of you know, and we'll soon find out if you didn't already know, I went to the College of Sports Media after graduating high school. And my guest this week is the president of the College of Sports Media, David Lannis. David Lannis. Now joining us is the president of the College of Sports Media, David Lannis. David, it's been a while. Welcome to the Scully Scoop podcast. Thank you, Adam. It's great to see you, man. You look well. It's, uh, I mean, a lot of time in the gym. We were talking before the interview, uh, hanging off tree branches and doing whatever it takes. I'm not quite on the Bryson DeChambeau seven protein shakes a day, maybe just one a day. But for you, how has life during these wild and unprecedented times been?
1: uh it has been wild and unprecedented <laughs> exactly i mean how else do you explain it really i mean because nobody has gone through this before mm-hmm. in their lifetime unless they're well over 100 years old so you know it's been an adjustment it's opened our eyes to new ways to deliver things uh new ways to teach new ways to learn um uh, but it has been a challenge uh it's tough you know i've got Uh, two children 12 and eight and this is some of the some of their uh, handiwork behind me Uh, but uh, for them it's been an adjustment but they've done really well and you know I've learned from them how quickly people can adapt right when you're forced to you have to uh, and you really have no other choice you do what you have to do so we sat as a school Um, You know, we figured, probably like everybody else, "Ah, two, three weeks, okay, we'll be fine. Everyone will go back. It'll all be good, right? You know, beginning of April, right? We figured, okay, didn't happen, clearly. (laughs) Uh, So when when that didn't happen, we decided that we had to go virtual. We had to, but we couldn't teach everything, right? We couldn't teach all the classes, like a heavily produced television show class. um, We just couldn't do it. Uh, So those things we left, and as it turns out, we are actually returning uh, two classes on uh, Monday, July 20th, so two weeks yesterday, uh, but only the graduates are coming back. So we're going to finish them off, the courses that we didn't do, Mm -hmm. and it'll take five weeks, uh, and they'll be done late August, and then hopefully they'll head out to their internships because we don't know what's going on with that yet. So that's a whole other ball of wax.
0: Yeah. No one really knows what's going on. I mean, hopefully it's all sports. They're supposed to come back and say three weeks to a month, knock (laughs) on wood. Let's hope PGA tour has been back for four weeks. There's been some positive tests, but all in all, it's been good to see, but take us back to that Wednesday night, the Rudy Gobert night in March. You mentioned, you thought maybe be a couple weeks, but just how wild was that trying to coordinate, you know, as things kept escalating and escalating and shutdowns are still happening. What was it like trying to coordinate what on earth you're going to do next?
1: Well, you know what? We were the first private college in the province to shut down. But the truth of the matter, and that looks good optics wise. Of course. But the truth of the matter, we had to make a decision because our students had their March break the week of March. I think the Monday was the 9th. Okay. Yep. If I'm not mistaken. yep. Yep. We knew that a lot of our students, because we're pretty close with our students, right? Uh, so a lot of our students were either traveling to New York, Florida. <laughs> Or California, perfect flight, all of them, like the three hot spots, right out of the gate. And of course, New York was the worst right yep. out of the gate. Uh, so we, uh, I sat down with Ray Williams, our radio coordinator at the school, Sugar Ray. And we said, look, these people are coming back. They're taking international flights. We don't know what's going on. How can we expose everybody uh, to what could be? Mm-hmm. So we made a pretty easy decision. Truth be told that we shut it down on, I believe we sent the email out on the Thursday night, um, which I believe if I'm not mistaken, was that same night as Gobert, if I'm not mistaken. It was one, it was either gone. that
0: night or the players championship being canceled and everything yeah. so hit the fan. There was
1: yeah. That's when everything was hitting the fan. And and we said, look, it, 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 first of all, how are we going to have content? Yeah. Right. Uh, number two, uh <laughs> there's obviously a significant danger here. It's not, it's not just one country. It's not just international, it's global. So we had to shut it down just for Mm -hmm. safety for everybody. We thought we would be back a lot faster. Like most people did, but clearly not the case.
0: No, it's been wild. And, and so throughout these virtual, you've done some virtual shows and there's a partnership, uh, tell a little, tell our listeners and viewers about this uh, new, uh, partnership.
1: Yeah, it's, it's turned out really, really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in its infancy, of course, but it's right. turned out really well. And again, this was one of those things that we've kind of been thinking about, about streaming our radio shows or television shows live, uh, whether it's on YouTube or some type of streaming network or social media outlet. Um, and this kind of forced our hand. We, we kind of shied away from it because we always said to ourselves, well, you know, we don't do shows Every hour, every day, there's going to be, you know, downtimes and the studio's not being used. And, you know, how are we going to approach this and how are we going to do it and who's going to be responsible for it and all that kind of stuff. And this obviously forced our head to do it, uh, but we wanted to do something a little bit more robust than just putting it on our Facebook page or mm-hmm. on our um, uh, Twitter page. Uh, so, uh, Barnburner is a company, Barnburner Television Network is a I believe it's 122 platforms that they broadcast on. Um, And we formed a really, really nice association with them. So they're actually picking up our Facebook feed and they're sending it out onto their platforms. So the students are really getting used to, hey, this isn't just going out on a CSM site or, you know, well, I can make a big mistake. Who really cares? This is real. It's legit. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. format lines. There's uh, people calling me when... Someone doesn't say the format line properly. And I keep telling these people that, hey guys, they're students, they're gonna make mistakes. And not only do we have the second years doing it, but the first years are doing it as well. And the truth of the matter is, the first years only had, we start radio roundtable classes in the second semester. So the first year students only had about 10 shows before they're going on a a real live television. Hey, sink or swim, right? I mean, that's the way it is, right? You do the way there, I you learn. Know yeah. Like. yeah. <laughs> so so far, so good. Really, really like it. Good man. Good. Well, it's it's
0: I've watched a few of the shows here and there, and, and they're great. It's it's awesome to see the students uh, speak about some of these issues that are obviously hard to talk about. So uh, yeah. so good on them. Now before we get more into the school, I want to talk about your career. Um, how did you get into broadcasting?
1: Oh, boy. Uh, this is going back now because I'm, I've aged a little bit, uh, Mr. Scully, over no. the years. Clearly, oh, thank you. You're too kind. Uh, you know, I was thinking law when I went to York University, okay. uh, so I was a political science major uh, and ended up, oddly enough, without even realizing it, uh, a minor in communications just because it, those courses interested me just out of general interest. Perfect. I didn't even realize I was getting a minor, uh, which is okay. I mean, it's my (laughs) classes in that particular discipline, but uh, I was thinking law. Um, I was accepted to law school Uh, and I'll never forget it. I had uh, my uh, letter of acceptance in my hand and I was walking over to the mailbox uh, to drop it off and I was going to accept the offer. Um, And uh, I couldn't let go of that letter. I could not let go of that letter, man. I I couldn't put, drop it out. I couldn't open my hands. I couldn't open my fingers. Something just wasn't right. Uh, And I think I realized uh, in growing up and now having children myself, um, you know, I was probably doing the law more for my parents Mm -hmm. than I was for myself, Mm -hmm. truth be told. Um, I had interest in it, but I didn't have a passion. Right. Right. So I took a year off. I promised my parents I would go back to school. I promised them I would go back to school. Uh, I took a year off. I worked. um, uh, And I decided to give the broadcasting thing a shot. Not because I love sports, funny enough, because I always wanted to go into news.
0: Okay. And I
1: started in news. I started, so I went to Humber. I took the one-year radio program. And while I was there, uh, I was good with the technical stuff. It's not technical the way it is now. <laughs> no. Back then, it was reel to reel. It was razor blades. It was tape, right? It was all that kind of stuff. Um, they actually used to record the Leaf games on uh, VHS tape believe it or not, and play them back on VHS because it gave better sound quality than just a regular cassette or, hmm. or a reel-to-reel. Anyhow, um, so uh, uh, I got a job overnight oping at the fan. It was nice. myself and George Strombolopoulos. I uh, think <laughs> he was doing that. Of course it was. Yeah, George. I think I was Friday night and he was Saturday night or something like that, but we started at midnight. Anyhow, so I, I took the radio program. I graduated, I wanted to be on air. Um, and I got my internship in Orangeville. And my first job actually was in North Bay, Ontario, uh, full-time reporter. Um, I liked telling stories. Uh, that's what I really liked to do. Um, and uh, uh, that job lasted three weeks because I got a job anchoring weekends, reporter during the week in Brockville, Ontario. So I never left Ontario. I was either three mm-hmm. hours north or just about three hours east. Uh, of Toronto which is where I grew up so um, and I stayed there for a couple years I actually got fired from that job truth be told and uh, and I moved back to Toronto with no job I was doing news I was a morning show co-host on the radio there I started up a television show at the local television station because I knew I always wanted to get into television uh, but I wasn't trained in television so I figured how do I get trained in television well I'm gonna have to train myself so I walked down to the Channel 10 station in Brockville and started a talk show called uh, talk of the town. So we did everything from uh, live municipal debates to interviewing the police chief to pumpkin carving during Halloween. Of so <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know what? It was great because what it did was it got me comfortable in front of the camera mm-hmm. and that was the key. Right. Then I moved back to Toronto. So I was uh, there about two years, moved back okay. to Toronto and, uh, I got two jobs uh, within about seven to 10 days. One, funny enough, at TSN radio, but not the TSN radio that we're accustomed to today. I was going to say. TSN radio back then was a satellite service where stations across the country of Canada could subscribe um, and get updates that are local to their marketplace. Okay. So I was in Vancouver at the top of the hour. I think I was then in Winnipeg at 15 I was in Toronto at 30, Montreal at 45, all by tone, right? Wow. All by tone. So you're live on that station by tone. So it's all organization, right? Wow. I remember there was a little radio booth. I used to tape Dave Hodge's segments, <laughs> and um, he'd come in every every Saturday. And a uh, little radio booth, but there was a boardroom right beside it. So I would have that, and I owned that boardroom on nice. Saturday morning, man. I mean, I had... Winnipeg piles, Vancouver piles is all over the place. My other job was uh, at uh, the local Channel Ten station in Toronto, and I was mm-hmm. actually getting paid back then because back then they did pay of to course. do reports. So I covered a lot of high school reporting. Nice. Uh, TSN Radio shut down shortly after I uh, I started, probably about six months or so. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I got along really well with my boss there, and she recommended me for a job at the Score Television. Uh, a voiceover highlight kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got that job. I continued with my channel 10 stuff because I wanted to improve my reporting skills. Cause that was my ultimate goal. Um, and, uh, I kept going into Anthony Chichone's office at the store every three months, every six months score. Now, of course, known as sportsnet 360. Sorry. Yeah, I got to say it. <laughs> uh, I know where you work. I know where you make your money. I got it. But, uh, Um, you know, every three months I'd go in, I'd say, Anthony, I'm ready. I'm ready, man. And he would go, no, no, you're not. (laughs) I've seen your stuff. No, you you head on back. And after a while, he just said, you know, about a year, year and a little bit. He said, okay, go out and shadow Elliot and do a story tonight too for Elliot Friedman. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I then became the Toronto guy. Elliot became the travel guy. I did that for about eight years. No, about nine years, almost 10 years. I was at the score and uh, that was the end of that stopped and I started the school.
0: Okay, let's go right there. So we're in conversation (laughs) here with College of Sports Media President Dave Lannis. You're a reporter for many years. So how did the idea of the College of Sports Media come to be?
1: Simple. Uh, I was in a scrum. We were with Gary Roberts. Uh, I believe it was 04. I think they might have been, I think they were playing Carolina, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong, but I think I'm right. Um. It was a game day playoff um, and some one one of the reporters in that scrum, uh, and I can picture it as I'm talking to you right now, was asking some of the silliest questions, most uh, just not good questions, really, really bad. Like, I mean, you could have said to, to, to Gary, you know, what'd you eat today? It would have been more, uh, you know, at least a little bit more thought provoking, right? You know, what a guy, what a player like him eats on a playoff game day, you know, all that kind of stuff. And uh, it kind of planted the seed, right? The next year, if I'm not mistaken, was the um, the lockout year. Yep. Right. So I had a lot of time because <laughs> if the Raptors were, weren't in town uh, and there were no other major sports going on, uh, TFC wasn't around at the time. Right. Um, uh, so it was really Raptors, Jays, Argos, the big four, right? And they weren't in season. Uh, so if the Raptors were away, I wasn't doing a heck of a lot. Right. I mean, I'd go in, I'd voice a feature, I'd, you know, do some stuff, but nothing heavy duty. And uh, I put the plan together uh, over that period of time to start the school. Um, So I finally pulled the trigger in February of 07. Uh, So there's two years there. And the reason there's two years there is because I built the plan. I went back to it. I I went away from it. I got back to work for three, four months. You know, he got busy playoffs right all that kind of stuff um uh and ultimately i said to myself look it's been two three years i've been thinking about it it's either time to do it or time to just forget about it because it was occupying my mind and i'm like boy oh boy it, it pull the trigger or just forget it like stop yeah. thinking about it and i said to myself well if i'm still thinking about it and it's been three years i'm obviously thinking about it there's some passion there there's you're right so go for it why not Right, and I did. Uh, so I resigned from uh, the score, and uh, I didn't have the backing. I didn't have the financial wherewithal to start it up myself. It was a pretty expensive proposition. Um, so I went and looked out. Went out for, and looked for an investor, and it took me about four meetings, I think. Okay. And then wow. I had I, I I left in February of 07. I had my last day was February 28th, '07. It's my birthday. Day of February. Yeah, I remember. This was the last day of February. It wasn't a leap year. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and, um, I had the, uh, uh, a silent partner, uh, an angel investor, uh, within about two months. It was really quick. When I met these people that I'm still partners with today, we had a deal in 10 days. It was done, mm. done. Oh, so, that's that's awesome. Yeah. And, 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 and we started and it, in the place that we're still in today.
0: Yeah. And so here we are. Okay. So for those of, who haven't heard about the college of sports media, <laughs> tell our listeners and viewers, what the school's all about, and how long the program is. Well, why don't you tell them? You took it. You're, two years? <laughs> it changed my life forever? You'll learn everything. How about that for a
1: summary? Is that good? <laughs> well, you were a great student, uh, truth <laughs> be told. Uh, but you're also a really, really good guy. And I remember well having you at the school because, uh, well, first of all, you had half the facial hair that you have now. And yeah, I, I was going to ask you about this on air. We'll, we'll get to that later, later on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But you were also half the size. You were, I think, you were eighteen when you started, right? I was out of high school. Yeah, yeah right out of high school, and you just finished with Erie, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but a little before that, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, that's right. And that's ultimately how was the inroad to getting you into TSN, right? It,
0: exactly. Uh, There's hockey. a lot of yeah, and and I'm still doing that. I just finished my ninth year on that show too, which is wild. With Gino, right? With Gino. me and Gino. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's amazing. Uh, but you were a perfect fit for that for that particular. Uh, request when when TSN reached out to us because uh, we knew you knew your junior hockey's it was mm-hmm. perfect right mm-hmm. and you were so close to being just removed from it yeah. that you still knew all the people you still knew for us it was an easy choice but the reason we chose to recommend you for that because uh, there was no guarantee you were going to get it um, was uh, because you worked hard and you knew what you were doing and you had a good solid grasp and understanding of broadcast so. That meant a lot to us for age, didn't really matter, right? Mm-hmm. Age was irrelevant, it was the way you conducted yourself, the way you handled yourself on a day to day basis. And I don't think you ever missed a deadline at school, I don't think you ever did. I, I really don't. If you did, don't tell me because you, you still have a clean record in my mind, so let's keep it that way. Um, but the schools, you know, the, the, the object of the school is really simple uh, practical training. Right. As much as possible, practical training. Yep. Right. So there is no other school, I truly believe, um, uh, that uh, provides the amount of repetition, the amount of critique, the amount of show roles and responsibilities and rotations. And we force you to learn everything. Right. We don't force you to focus on one thing because that's, I mean, look at what you do today. You write, you're doing a radio show, you're doing a television show. You, you do hockey, you do golf, you do depending, right? I mean, you mm-hmm. have to have that multiple talent and skill set, right? Mm-hmm. You have to in today's day and age. So that's what we're trying to create. What we expect is very simple. You know, to be honest with you, I feel like I'm doing a tour of the school now. <laughs> yeah. uh, we, expect, we expect our graduates to be the best people coming out of any school yeah. in the country. It doesn't matter for us if it's news, if it's sports, if it's entertainment. Um, we're teaching broadcast at a... What I believe to be a really really high level um, and we're using sports to do it right Mm -hmm. and that's it I mean the differences between sports and news are pretty subtle good reporter asks good questions it doesn't matter what the content is yeah
0: it's all about asking good questions and and knowing how to do every skill you know if you want to be on tv you have to be able to write and etc etc and so I graduated back in 2012 and I'll never forget what you said on day one, you said, "I'm quoting you here." This isn't school. This is career preparation.
1: Yeah. If
0: you could elaborate that on a little bit, how much
1: does that mean to you and everyone at the school? It means a lot uh, because ultimately, you know, in in getting people to a level where they're being the best people coming out of any school in the country of Canada, mm-hmm. uh, what goes along with that is that is a smooth transition from academics to the professional workplace. That's the key for us. So we treat show production. You remember Jim Van Horn? If that, if you guys weren't ready, the show's canceled. Yeah. Right. It's as simple as that, uh, and that includes one report that may be a little late for the show. Everybody loses their turn, right? Um, and then you you force an instant accountability from everyone to everybody else. You don't want to let seventeen other people down, eighteen other people down, and hopefully they don't want to let you down either. So it's about understanding how to be a broadcaster when you have a lot of time and how to be a broadcaster when you have almost no time, right? And the shows should ultimately be pretty similar. There shouldn't be anything lost in translation. If you know your stuff and you're researched and prepared, you should be good to go so I mentioned I graduated back in 2012
0: and one thing I noticed right away when I stepped in the TSN newsroom a they were all college of sports media graduates which yeah, was amazing and b, yeah. TSN Sportsnet, wherever you go it's just bigger but you're learning the exact same content that you would uh, you know how to direct the show how to write a lineup how to you know do things properly how to edit camera work etc and yeah. there's a very high success rate for these different companies isn't there
1: Yeah, there is. Uh, Our graduate success rate every year has been anywhere between 75 and 85%. So about 50% of our students retain employment right out of their internship, Mm -hmm. uh, which is, you know, for any other school would be extremely good as an overall. For us, it's normal. Uh, And then another 25 to 35% will, will retain work over the next coming months. So we expect that type of success right now. And it's right. the people like yourself and the various other students who have graduated, not the on-air guys necessarily and girls, right? It's the behind the scenes people that just as successful, just as strong. You talk about the newsroom people, editors, producers, directors, control room people, camera operators, right? Um, you know, one of our, one of our graduates, uh, Jamie Lee McIsaac is the first female full-time uh, camera operator at CP24. Mm. Um, so, <clears throat> the successes don't have to just be visible or audible, right? Some of our most successful students, not including yourself, Mr. Scully, is, uh, are behind-the-scenes people that you wouldn't recognize, right? And that's okay by us. We want to fulfill the marketplace in all capacities, not just in one.
0: You know, it's funny you mention people behind the scenes. So in my graduating <laughs> class was John Bennett, who I believe he, he's, he was a, he's a video editor or something with the Raptors. No,
1: he's, and- a, he's an assistant video coach with the Toronto Raptors.
0: And there's pictures of him holding the Larry OB, like he was in the locker room. Got his ring, you know, it's not quite as, mine's not quite as nice as (laughs) this. But yeah, I mean, stories like that where there's so many great stories coming out of the College of Sports Media. Now, earlier you mentioned Jim Van Horn. I know he's not at the school anymore, but he's just a legend. He's an unbelievable human being. I learned so much about broadcasting from him, but more so about, being on time, time management. What was it like working with a legend like
1: Jim Van Horn? Well, it took me about, (laughs) it took me about, I mean, Jim has a presence, right? Mm -hmm. When Jim walks in the room, he, you know, (laughs) you know it. Uh, He doesn't have to say anything. You just know when he's there. Um, You know, he's six, four, he's got the mustache. Mind you, he may be about six, three now, you know, he's he's getting a little older, but but still he's a big guy. uh, And he has a big, personality. Uh, Actually, let me rephrase that. He doesn't have a big personality. He's actually a very quiet person by nature, but he has a big aura about him when he walks in that room. You know, he's around. Uh, You know, to be really honest with you, um, I was a little intimidated by him for the first little while. Yeah. But uh, until I got to know him, and he's a big teddy bear. I mean, he is, he really is a big teddy bear. Uh, He is a sensitive, sensitive, Uh, compassionate uh, individual, empathetic individual. He really cares. Uh, And he put his heart and soul into the school and he didn't want to leave, but he had to because of health reasons. Mm -hmm. Thank goodness he's okay. Um, But I actually first met Jim, funny enough, uh, when I was doing TSN radio Mm -hmm. Uh, and the booth was on top of the newsroom. They had a little uh, kind of walkway track up top and, and they had a bunch of little suites up there and that's where the little radio booth was and I asked him one time on and this was on a on a Saturday morning or a Sunday morning he must have been in shooting something pre-recording <laughs> something um, and uh, I asked him the pronunciation and I introduced myself because I'd never met him before but I asked him the pronunciation of a certain player uh, I can't remember what now or who <laughs> uh, and he was so nice even then right? He didn't know me, right? I guess he knew what was going on. I was doing the, I was the radio guy that day, but he didn't know me. I'd never met him before. And he actually remembered that, funny <laughs> enough. Um, because And he told, we talked about that and he told me he remembered it because no one else had ever asked him a pronunciation of a name. No one, huh. right? Not not from the radio side of things. Yeah, now, maybe yeah. that's because I'm stupid and I didn't know it. <laughs> uh, but I think it was a golfer or a basketball player. I can't quite remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just wanted to be sure of it. But he was so nice then, still so nice, high expectations, and an absolute, as you said, Adam, an absolute stickler for being on time. An absolute stickler. Uh, and and there's no he gets it if you call ahead and you tell him, but don't call him two minutes before and say, no. late. that's not that's not gonna that's not gonna cut it. Right, that doesn't cut it with Ray either. Um, uh, but you know, it's just his constant, relentless level of professionalism. Right, that's what it is, it, and it's not just in the um, in the time. It's also in the preparation. It's how you go about doing your work on a day to day basis. You know, it's funny. Quick little story about mm-hmm, Jim. Please, and I could never understand it, and I still don't get it. I get it, but I don't get it. Mm-hmm. Even when he was emceeing our graduation, or on occasion he would go in and uh, be an analyst for skiing after his full-time days at SportsCenter and and Connected and and his full-time anchoring days were over, he used to tell me he still got nervous. Still got nervous. Guy's done everything, Olympics. He's done everything you could possibly do, live, not live, show, everything. Still gets nervous. And I said, are you nervous or is it just you want to perform well? And he says to me, no, no, no. He goes, I get nervous. He goes, but once that first 30 seconds minute is going, then I'm into the groove. Right. Yeah, That's because he's always trying to be excellent. Right. He's always trying to be great. You know, it, it's funny
0: you mentioned that story there, because I, I think I, I learned that from Jim and I believe I, w- I went in his office and we had this conversation and I'm sort of before broadcast now, I'm not. I'm nervous. I'm antsy. Uh, you know, I'm making sure I'm well hydrated sort of thing. But as soon as that red light (laughs) goes on, I feel like I'm sort of Zen. I don't know if that makes any sense, but, and I I give credit to Jim for that. He, he he's been a huge reason that myself and a lot of
1: graduates have gone out to have success. Well, I've, I've heard from a number of students. Well, let's put it this way. Okay. Every single year that Jim was at the school, every single year, the students would make a thank you video for Jim. Mm. Right. Every single year. It's probably your year too. Right. I don't know if you recall it or not. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know. But every single year. And Jim would come into my office and he'd said and he he he'd say to me, And I told him I wasn't gonna cry. I lost again. I told <laughs> him I wasn't gonna cry because they all they knew it, right? They would finish the last show or they would play a thank you video or something mm-hmm. like that. Um he, he, he was an, you know, a lot of people thought the college of sports media was Jim Van Horn school, right? <laughs> I'm by me. I don't care. <laughs> as long as you know who we are, I don't care what you call it. Right. Um, but uh, he was an integral part in getting us off the ground. There's no doubt about it. I mean, there's no doubt about it. hundred percent. So I'll be forever thankful to for Jim. Uh, he still sits on our advisory board. Okay. Um, and we've actually been talking uh, lately about maybe making a a return but not on a regular basis maybe exactly. you know once a month kind of thing pop in teach a class uh because he still sits on our advisory board and i'd love to i told him jim you know whenever you want you're welcome to come in man you know i love i love that guy he's a great guy
0: yeah that'd be amazing to have him back but uh, so uh, dave I've, I've kept you for a lot of time today but before i let you go i must hey, we haven't you, even spoken golf we haven't even spoken golf i know we can get to golf we can do whatever let's go there actually before i let you go let's go, go there Bryson no. DeChambeau, are you are you drinking seven protein
1: shakes a day? No, no, I'm drinking no protein shakes a day. No, and I've never felt better. <laughs> Actually. So
0: so you're not 40 to 50 pounds heavier since September of pure muscle and, no. and other amazing? maybe. Seven, I feel like every, that, that like, can't be good for
1: your digestive system, can it? No, but his his meals, what he was eating. My word, that's unbelievable, just no. unbelievable, remarkable. But it just goes to show you, if you're, there was a, a former student of ours too, uh, who went on that X90, that oh, yeah, P90X. Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boy, it it transformed. If you commit to something and you yeah. stick with it, it just goes to show you, right? You got to fight through the hard times, but boy, oh boy. And it's paying off, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he's, he's playing well. He's yeah. 370 off the tee in the he, air. He he had 25 drives over
0: 345 yards last week on the PGA tour. Like that's insane. And actually thinking of golf, I just thought of this right now. Um, I remember one of the shows we did, it was supposed to be a regular TV day in year one. So back then we would write a script and then, uh, we would, pre- we would perform it or we'd say it on-, on air at the time. But you walked in and said, Shows are canceled. A year ago today, Tiger Woods crashed his SUV. We're doing a full recap of this, and I remember going, oh, my God, this is what I want to do with my life. I'll (laughs) never forget that. And and Tiger now, look what he's done. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. I know. Do you think he's going to win another major? Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he quits tomorrow and I wouldn't be surprised if he wins another major. I I, I'm sort of in that camp. I mean, watching him win the masters last year, I still get goosebumps thinking about it, but watching him in person at Royal Portrush last July, he looked like a man in a lot of pain. I I can't imagine how much pain he's like. Just his face—he was sort of shuffling around, and obviously he's had a knee procedure since then. But then you watch him at that charity match late May, and you're like, "Holy crap! This guy can still play, and he's 44 years old." I
1: I think he still has one more major in him. What do you think? I think he can. Well, I I think whenever he plays, he can win. It's as simple as that. Mm -hmm. And and he's—he should be considered. He's—he's—you got to consider him in the top 10. Uh, of any of any event that he plays in he's got a legit chance to finishing top 10 because if he he, he's all or nothing at at an event he's either on and he's killing it or he's not even going to make the cut Mm -hmm. right he's done right and and sometimes that happens even on thursday right you know but not often but i I think he can i think if anybody can win an event a, a big event a major championship um at his age with what he's been through it's him it's him because he can win any time that he, he he plays,
0: Anytime. He, he's one of the most compelling stories in sports. I mean, knock on wood, hopefully he'll be playing next week at the Memorial. But there's been a yacht watch looking for him going up the sea. Yeah, yeah I heard about that. He's yeah. <laughs> 44 years old. He can't quite hit at 345 in the air like Mr. Bryson DeChambeau, but he's fascinating. But uh, Dave, I've kept you for a very long time. But before I let you go, I must tell you a story that I don't sure. think I've ever told you before. So I was I was 11 or 12 years old. I was still playing hockey very competitively, obviously, and I used to watch the score a lot. I used to watch the the recap; it'd be at the top of every hour. It'd go through all the scores, and then I'd watch the actual broadcast. And I saw this reporter, and he ended a stand up saying, "I'm David Lannis, the score." And I'm like, I want to be that guy. So it was funny when I first saw you during our interview process, I'm like, I knew that name before and that's the guy I wanted to be. So you've had a huge impact, not only my career, but my life. I really appreciate you joining me today. And Dave, I look forward to seeing you on the golf course and maybe for an adult beverage uh, very soon.
1: (laughs) I would love that. Uh, And, you know, Adam, I got to tell you, thank you for the kind words. I didn't even know that. Uh, so you're right. You, you, you were holding out on, on me for eight years, nine years. Wait, <laughs> 10 years. You graduated eight Way years ago. To um, no, I didn't know that story. Amazing. Um, you know, thank you. Um, but thank you for being not only a pleasure to have in the facility for two years consecutive, uh, but also for taking your passion, going after your dreams and not letting anybody stand in your way. I mean, your two passions are very, very simple. And well, two sporting passions. I know you have other things in your life too, but your two sport passions are hockey and golf. And now look at what you're doing as a professional uh, broadcaster, hockey and golf, and you're making a living and you're working with two great guys on a regular basis. I know you work with more great guys than that, but Mm -hmm. Mr. Zucchino and Mr. um, Weeks, and you know, it's just, it's, it's a tribute to you, right? It's, you know, I know we talked about the school and what we want to do and, you know, we're developing new plans in the future to do a podcasting program and then a digital content program as well. So we're developing that right now. But the the, the truth of the matter is that we teach everybody the same thing, right? We teach everyone the same thing. Most people grasp it. Some people don't. And a lot of people end up taking it and launching their careers. And uh, you've done a wonderful job at that. Uh, we got you in the door, but you stepped through it and you earned your own right. So well done on you.
0: Really appreciate that, my man. It's been, uh, it's been a pleasure catching up and uh,
1: we, we will see you very soon. Take care, Adam. Thanks. Oh, wow! In your life have you seen anything like that?
0: Awesome to reconnect with David Lannis. It's been a while since we've seen each other and hopefully can get out and play a game of golf with him. Very soon, he's had a huge impact on my life. Some great stories from his time so far at the College of Sports Media and of course, learning from Jim Van Horn. Well, this has been another fun edition of the Scully Scoop podcast. Don't forget, subscribe to us on iTunes. Subscribe and watch us on YouTube. I'll continue to post these episodes every Friday on Instagram and my personal Twitter account, Adam underscore Scully as well on Facebook. This is another fun edition of the Scully Scoop podcast and we'll see you next time.